Good morning. Glad to see you this morning. Look at your neighbor. Tell him I'm glad to be standing next to you today. Let's worship together.
Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, let's magnify him together right now. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You are great, God. You are wonderful. You are worthy, Lord. Worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have a need in your life, lift up your hand right now and represent that need. Hallelujah. Go ahead and speak it out loud right now. Go ahead and speak it out loud. Hallelujah. Come on, let's call upon the name of the Lord together. Lift up your voices in prayer. Catch your cares on him for he careth for you. Make your petitions known unto God right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We bless your holy matchless name. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none like you. Pray your power, your strength, your anointing, God, to come down in this house. Do what you want to do, Lord. Do what you want to do, Lord. Do what you want to do, Lord. Not my will, but thy will be done. I must decrease. You must increase. Have your way, Lord, in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. Every need right now, every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Our Lord, we love you, we praise you, we thank you. Move and minister, move and minister in this house. Touch every need. God draws closer to you, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why don't you turn to a couple right now, two or three fist bumps, high fives, handshakes. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning. Hallelujah. Yesterday was the close of our 21 days of prayer, 21 days we've been gathering here collectively for those that could, and uh, we're thankful for, of course, a great crowd yesterday, around 60 people here at the Saturday prayer, and and, uh, we're thankful for that, thankful for that, hallelujah. People begin to pray and begin to call upon the name of the Lord, God responds, blesses, he answers, Eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto their prayers. 21 21 days. It's a feat for someone to come all 21 days and to be here uh, 100% of the time. So we honor honor these. Now, there was eight people, and that's a pretty good number for for the people that came 100%. That's not just missing one. There's some that missed one. There's some that missed a few. And, and by no means was, was our crowd ever only these eight people. But uh, eight people made it 100% of the time. And I want to give them honor. Give them honor today for this. <laughs> Sister Yaya, who was in the 9 a.m. service, has come all 21 days. Tony, who was in the 9 a.m. service as well, came all 21 days. And I give special honor to Tony because uh, some people come earlier. Our appointed time is 7 to 8 a.m., but uh, some folks have to be at work already at, you know, maybe 7.30 or have to make the commute or, or, or whatever. So Tony comes 
comes quite a bit earlier and unlocks it. So he's the he's the first one here. Him and him and Audie that uh, unlock it, and then sometimes they leave even before. If somebody strolls in at like seven twenty or seven thirty, then then they're already they're already gone because they have to go on and do. But Tony, Rachel Padilla, who was here in the nine a.m. service as well, came all all twenty one days. And uh, here at the eleven a.m., Steve Sackman, you came all twenty one days. Emily, where are you at? Emily came all 21 days. Now, this one rode most of the time with me. Where's Caitlin? She's already out, so we can definitely talk about her since she's not in here. Um, but she came all 21 days. And then a high school senior. There she is. Caitlin came all 21 days. We already clapped for you, hon. And then a high school senior, uh, my son Andrew, came all 21 days. Now, as I said in the 9 a.m., he goes to high school. So I'm not waking him up and saying, hey, you got to get to prayer. He's waking himself up early, earlier than he has to, getting in his vehicle, driving up here by himself, leaving from here, and then going to school. Hallelujah. So I honor, honor him today. This is the right thing, and these decisions that they're making at young ages is not from the prompting and the pulling them out of bed and saying, hey, because I'm doing it, you're going to do it. No, they're making their own decisions to do these things, and they will impact their lives for the positive. Somebody say Hallelujah. So I give all eight of these honor this morning. I'm proud of all of them. And then there's some honorable mentions. Uh, uh, Adi and, and Cammie came all, but, but just a couple. And, and, and Adi is the only one, the only one of anybody that texted me on the, on the two that he couldn't come and said, Pastor, I'm out of town. I can't make it, make it this morning. So I give him them honor as well. And, and then, of course, Sheila Sackman made it to all but a few. And it was because she was out of town as well. I give her honor. Trace only missed a, a, a couple each week and, and uh, came pretty strong, and we give him honor. And then Christine, is she still here today? She came to the night. There she is. She uh, 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 may have started off a little bit slow, but the last two weeks came on strong, so we give her honor today as well. We take time. We take time in these morning services to specify and to give honor of these things because these things matter. These things matter, and we, we do honor these individuals, and thank you. Now, I do know that, and don't believe that these are the only people that prayed 21 days. I, I want to believe that every single one of you prayed first, every single one of you. You can, you can amen the loudest or, or, the, or the quietest, but you and God alone know whether or not you actually did. Somebody say amen, and that's the whole gist of the matter. It's a, it's a private thing. It's a, it's a personal thing. It is your your walk. It is your relationship with God. And, and it's not, these folks aren't doing it to be seen of others. It is a personal thing. And either you do it or you don't do it. And I encourage every single one of you to do it. Get a hold of God. Communicate with God. The 21 days are over now. And as I say over and over, we are not just a people that pray 42 days a year. 
we don't just pray 42 days a year because tomorrow comes and you may not be gathering up here with everybody. And, uh, uh, but the first thing that you do on Monday morning is you roll out of bed. Your first communication is with God. Talk to God first. Put him first in your life before you send the text, before you read the email, before you do anything else. Pray and communicate with God first, and he'll honor that. He'll honor that. You put him first in everything and put him first in your day. You put him first in your week by being here and gathered on the first day of the week for worship. Continue on. Keep praying. Keep doing it. Next week, turn to your neighbor and say, next week. This doesn't affect you folks as much as it does the 9 a.m. service, but next week, one service only. Only the 11 a.m. next week. So, all right. So, so turn to your neighbor again and say, as long as you only come to the 11, it really don't affect you. But if you usually come to the 9 and now have showed up to the 11 this morning, next week, only the 11 a.m. service. The 9 a.m. we will not have. Next week is Labor Day weekend. And I know some people are out of town and such. And, and we want to accommodate and just have, have one next week. So also next Sunday, turn to your neighbor right now and ask them, have you been baptized in water Fully immersed, fully immersed in the name of Jesus Christ. Have you been baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ? Next Sunday morning, I encourage you, if you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, we will be ready and we will baptize you in Jesus' name. Get on the path that God has for you. Get on the path that God has for you. There are there are several folks in the house this morning that have yet to be baptized in Jesus' name. Take that step, make that step, repent of all your sins, and then rise and be baptized, calling upon the name of the Lord. So next Sunday morning, we will baptize everybody that needs it in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And if you, if you want, you can get with me, get with Molly. You can send us an email. You can send an email at info at clcsugarland.com or at pastor at clcsugarland.com. Sugarland.com, and we'll be ready for you even if you do not let us know and say you show up and, and, and are moved during the service. We're still ready for you. We will have clothes. We will have towels. We will have water. We will be ready for you, and we encourage you to be baptized in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. you have to give today, you can give by way of cash or check in the offering bucket in the back. You can also give online, clcsugarland.com. You can text to give, 281-612-7707. And God loveth a cheerful giver. We're going to go ahead and dismiss our children to go to respective classes. Junior high class is this 11 a.m. service. Junior high class is this 11 a.m. service today. So God bless you richly. Amen, amen. Everybody else stay right here. This is revival time. This is revival time. God's going to pour out his spirit upon all, upon all flesh, and it is revival time. Acts chapter number 3, verse number 19. If we could all read this verse together and lift up our voices and, and read it in unison. Could we do that? Repent ye therefore...
Let's just stop right now. I can, I can uh, just go on and tell you we're not doing as great as the 9 a.m. <laughs> okay, let's, let's start all over. Let's regroup. Let's lift our voice and, and let's read. Come on, by 11, you ought to be awake. You ought to be a, a, alive and vibrant. And uh, uh, come on, you got a little competition because that 9 a.m. service, they was on top of it, man. They were getting a hold of God, and God moved in this place, and they lifted their voices on the, on the, on the verse of Scripture. So let's do the same. Amen? Amen. We need God in our lives. Somebody say amen. 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 Come on, let's get with it, guys. Maybe let's help. Let's help this out. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. And read together. Repent ye therefore. And that's all it took. See, now that was better. You guys superseded the 9 a.m. on that one. But maybe it was that you just needed to stand up. Amen? I don't know. I don't know. God bless you. You may be seated. Wonderful, wonderful job. Repent ye therefore and be converted. That your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come. Where do they come from? From the presence of the Lord. From the presence of our great God. A refreshing is to revive. A refreshing is to revive. To get some wind in your sails. And we need God to do what only God does. We need God to pour out his spirit in our lives. It is revival time. We don't just want to pray, Lord, change them, but we need to humbly ask, Lord, change me. Could you pray that prayer, Lord, change me? me lord change me it's a piece of chalk with which we kneel and draw a circle around ourselves and look to heaven expectingly and pray lord god send an awakening send revival send an outpouring of your spirit and begin right here in this circle begin right here in my life start with me Revival time. Galatians 3 and 3 says, Are you so foolish that after beginning by the Spirit, uh, by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish uh, by means of uh, the flesh? He's saying what started in the Spirit cannot be finished uh, in the flesh. Uh, what began as a God thing must continue on as a God thing. What God birthed, uh, God will complete. Uh, what he has promised, uh, he is able also to perform we're not getting this done by talent we're not getting this done by effort we need a move of God we need the spirit of God to come down and to bring to life some things that are dead the Old Testament records a story of believers and of skeptics the story takes place early on in the history of 
of Israel several years after the Israelites have been wandering around in the desert, in the wilderness for 40 years. They're carrying the ark of the Lord, the ark of the covenant with them. They're taking the tabernacle. They're moving from place to place, being led of the Lord, almost in, in circles, wandering for these 40 years into in the wilderness. And then they, they go on into the promised land. They get there to the promised land. They could have gotten in some 40 years before but they did not go or they were not able to go because uh, because of their doubt their doubt kept uh, kept them out kept them on the outside even though God had already given it to them had already promised uh, it to them but they had to uh, they had to die out in the wilderness and then they get the children of Israel get on into the promised land but then they uh, they're struggling there and they're they're, they're continuing to, to fight and they're continuing to have opposition and, 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 and they have battles that, that need to be won and it seems like it's just a constant thing. It's a constant problems and problems arise in their life and it's not something that just continually, uh, continually victory, no, but they, they continue to struggle and continue to battle and, and they fight against their enemies and they're fighting against the Philistines in this particular story and, and they're hoping for something. They're hoping for victory and they go into battle with the Philistines they're enemies of the people of God and they lose that battle they lose that battle terribly not just uh, not just a loss not just getting beat up but they had 4,000 soldiers perish in that fight and afterward in the disbelief, they begin to ask what happened and what happened in this, and they try to debrief. And, and so this, this often happens uh, with people. When, when things don't go their way, they ask, where was God in this? We were counting uh, on God. Why didn't he give us what we were hoping uh, for? And then somebody gets the idea. They get the idea there in the camp of Israel. They said, why don't why?" don't he give us what we're hoping for and somebody says you know what let's go into battle against the Philistines only this time this time when we go down to fight we're going to take with us our secret weapon We'll take our secret weapon with us. This time we'll bring the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord with us into battle. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was a box which represented to them the very presence of God. They were thinking about it as God in a box. And if they brought it into battle with them, then surely, surely God would give them the victory. And they thought that he's going to give us what we're hoping for. He's going to give us what we're desiring. And they go into battle a second time with the Philistines. And it's a disaster. Their army was crushed and they lose uh, over seven times more soldiers than they did in the previous battle. Previous battle they lost uh, 4,000. But in this one they lose 30,000 lives in this second battle. Seven times. Over seven times as many as they did in the first time. And worst of all for them, the ark of the Lord is captured by the enemy. 
This is unthinkable. To lose the ark is to lose uh, the very presence uh, of God. That's what it was for them. It's to lose what makes them distinct as a people. Not only did they lose the ark, but the two sons uh, of the priest, Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas, uh, both died in the battle. And of course, the ark was taken. It was captured. It was stolen by the enemies. And when the news came... Uh, to the priest Eli that the ark of the Lord and, and what had taken place in the battle. When he heard the words, he was a big man, the Bible says, and he was upon a wall or such. When he heard the news, he fell down and he landed on his head. And the Bible says that he broke his neck and he died. So the priest died, his sons died, uh, the ark was taken, and, and not only that, the priest's daughter-in-law is in labor, and, and when she gets the news, uh, she brings forth a son, and she called him Ichabod, and then she died uh, herself. Uh, Kabod by itself was a beautiful word in Israel. It meant glory. It meant glory. It, Kabod was glory, but, but when you put an eye in front of it, it turned a positive uh, into a negative. It, it's kind of like theist is it, someone that believes in God. But when you put an A, uh, A in front of that, and it's atheist, uh, it's somebody that's anti-God or doesn't believe in the existence of God. But you put an eye in front of Kabod, which meant glory, and it became a negative thing. Uh, it became the glory hath uh, departed or no meaning. No glory. There is no God. No hope. Ichabod. She had wanted to warn her son that wishing does not make something so. That hope can break one's heart. And many people believe in an Ichabod world. That faith is nothing more than wishful thinking. They forget what they really need in life. And it's not only external, but they need the genuine presence of God. What people need is the genuine presence of the one true God. It's not the way that we worship. It's who we worship. It's not our singing. It's not our preaching. It's not our praying. It is our God. It's our God that moves mountains. It's our God that heals bodies. It's our God that saves to the uttermost. It's our God that forgives of sin. It's our God that fills with the Holy Spirit. We can't heal anybody. We can pat them on the back and give them some type of words. Maybe that'll give them hope for a moment. But only God can step in and change a life. Only God can forgive sin. Only God can do what we need done. Thank God for buildings. Thank God for padded chairs. Thank God for ACs when they work. Somebody say hallelujah. Thank God for all those things. But the trappings of religion does not mean the presence of God is there. The external things that we do are, are not surety that God is with us. We must realize that what we have got, we've got to have the genuine presence and the power of our great God. 
not Pentecostalism form and fashion. Yes, we clap our hands. Yes, we lift our voices. Yes, we lift our hands, uh, lifted up holy hands without wrath or without doubting. Yes, we dance in the aisles. Yes, we jump up and down. Uh, yes, we may even sometimes run a little bit. Uh, yes, we sing. Uh, yes, we preach and we even sweat. Uh, and yes, we act right. Uh, we do right. But by all means, with all of that let's be sure that when we walk those things are not the only things that are walking with us we've got to have the power and the presence of God it's the presence of God that makes us what we are It is the truth of the message because it is God's word that makes us what we are. Apostle Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God alone. It's only by God's goodness. It's only by his grace. It's only by him advancing us. We need his presence. When we go to battle, if we don't take him, we are certain to lose. Our talent, our skill won't do it. We need God. We need God. God can produce the miracle. It's not by might nor yet by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Getting back to the story of the Israelites and the ark, the ark of the Lord. The Philistines carry the Ark of the Covenant, off to the city of Ashdod, where the temple of their god Dagon is, Dagon. And, and there the priests take the Ark inside that, that temple, and they place, they place the Ark next to the statue of Dagon. They put it there. Remember, the Ark is, is the symbol of the presence of God. And, and there they have a big feast. Chant their favorite chants. Tell their battle stories, and then the night falls, and everybody goes home, and the lights are out, and the door is closed. No one is present to see. No one is present to hear what's going on. But something takes place in that idol temple. Something takes place. First Samuel 5 and 3 says, When the people of Ashdod rose early the next day, there was Dagon. Inside that temple, fallen on his face on the ground before the ark of the Lord. Now, I love this story, folks. Here, here, here you've got the enemy that takes the ark of the Lord. And, hey, we'll just take him and put him in our idol temple and put him before our quote-unquote God. And they go out after their celebrations and after all they did that day. And they come back in the next day. And their idol, who they even had a name, Dagon, was down on his face on the ground. Not just falling off its pedestal, but before the ark of the Lord. Now, the text doesn't tell us what the priest thought. It doesn't, it doesn't allude to the conversation that, that transpires there. Maybe they, th they think that Dagon had just fallen down by accident. Maybe it's just a, a coincidence, but, but it looks suspiciously as if Dagon has bowed down to worship the God of Israel. 
It looks as if maybe the God of Israel is the Lord of Lords. Maybe he is above all. Dagon's priests realize that it doesn't look good to have their God bowing down to the God of Israel. So, so they dust off their idol God and they place it back upon its pedestal. And all day long that second day, the Philistines come into the temple to celebrate the victory that they had. And they offer sacrifices and they sing songs to their temple God, Dagon. And then night falls. And the priests turn off the lights. And they all go home. And they leave Dagon alone with the one true God. And the next morning when they come in, the priests find that once more, Dagon has fallen on the ground before the ark of the Lord. Didn't just happen once, but it happens again the next day. And it didn't just happen that, it, that it's down and, and bowing down before the ark of the Lord. But something else took place on this second night. Not only was it bowing down before the presence of God, but this time... He his head and his hands were cut off and laid neatly across the threshold of the temple. And all that was left of Dagon inside the temple was a stump. No hands and no head because they'd been taken off, cut off in the very presence of God. Listen, things begin to come down and things begin to come off when you get into the presence of our great God. Things will come down and things will come off in the presence of God. The hands stand for the workings, uh, the ministry, the, the workings of. The head stands for the authority. It took off its workings uh, and it took off its uh, uh, authority. It, it took off what it does uh, and it took off anything that it would be set over or set itself over. Things not only come down, but God is above all. There is no equal to God. There is no authority above him. He is Lord of all. You may be wondering how you're going to come out of your situation. God is over it. He is above it. He is the authority over it. And if you can get it into his presence, he'll do the work that only he can do. Somebody put your hands together and clap to the Lord. They said, get this thing out of here and they get it out of there and it goes down to the next city and it's there just a little while and, and you need to read the story because it's really a good story and, 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 and they get it there to the next city and, and suddenly some, some, some medical issues start breaking out on those people somebody say hallelujah and I don't know how to dummy it down or to keep it nice but I, I think the King James calls it tumors in their private areas and uh so needless to say after it was there for a little while they said we got to get it out we got to get it out of here and and the bible says they put it on a on a new card and they and and they let it just go on get get it out of here they they said get this thing out of here and they condemned the building the idol building and they sent it on down the road and and and, and it was gone from them the ark though the ark of the lord was a 2 foot by 4 foot 
box made of acacia wood. It was overlaid with gold. It had two seraphims on each side, the mercy seat on, on the top, and, and the seraphims almost seemed like it was guarding the mercy seat. And there is where the Shekinah dwelt. The glory of God dwelt there. It was the symbol of the very presence of God in our lives. Now, inside that ark, the ark contained three things. Three things were placed inside that ark. Number one was a golden pot of manna. A golden pot of manna was inside that ark. And manna first came on the scene in Exodus chapter 16 and verse number 15. It says, so when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another. What they see? They saw this, this manna, this, this bread from heaven. They said, what is it? For they did not know what it is. And they titled it manna, which means what is it? And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the bread which the Lord has sent down from heaven. It was God providing them sustenance. It was God providing them food in the wilderness. The first time they saw it, they called it manna because they didn't know what it was. But it came every morning. It, it, it came and it fell fresh every single day. Every single day. New manna every day. Not, not just once, one time a week thing or, or, or once every now and then kind of thing. No, it fell fresh every morning. Folks, his mercies are new every single morning. He'll give you just enough to make it throughout the day. And then tomorrow will come and there's a new day, a new day that'll dawn and there'll be fresh blessings that are accessible to your life. Fresh mercy accessible to your life, but you got to get it every single day. There's none of this, oh, I did it once and now I'm good. No, you need to go back. You need to gather some more up tomorrow morning and you need that sustenance and you need that blessing. You need that mercy of God every single day. Not just once in a blue moon, but every single day. They get hungry every day. They had to eat every day. So they had to gather it every single day. So the manna was in there, that, that golden pot of manna. And the second thing of the contents of that ark was something that we talked about last Sunday morning in closing. It was that Aaron's rod that had budded. It was there. It was one of the three things that was the contents of that ark. It was showing God's people how they were would be led. It was God choosing the Levites, the Levites to be the priests, those that would be the ministry to God's, God's people. They would instruct them in the ways and in the word of God. God had chosen, chosen Aaron's rod. He had chosen back then when he was looking for, for ministers. It was uh, prescribed that one, uh, one walking stick, one rod from every single one of the tribes uh, would be brought in uh, in front of the ark of the Lord and God would choose. So 12 uh, walking sticks were brought in, to the, in before the presence of God, before the ark of the Lord and then laid there and left there. And they came back in the next morning uh, and it was Aaron's rod. Aaron's rod was one of the 12 that was laid there. But Aaron's rod was the one that 
was picked. It was the one that was selected by God. How do we know that? Because Aaron's rod, uh, all of those sticks were old. All of those sticks were dead. None of those sticks had life in them. Uh, They were used for walking. Uh, They were smoothed out. They weren't an old splintery stick. It wasn't something that was just sawed off of the tree uh, uh, just then or just recently. No, these were walking sticks. Uh, They were smooth to the touch. Uh, Maybe it was the oils from the hand uh, had been on them so much that now they had smoothed them out. Or maybe they sanded them. I don't know what they did, but they were walking sticks. Uh, And when they came in that next morning, all of those sticks that were old, dried up and dead, one of them, Aaron's rod, had budded. Life went back into that. Life came back in. An almond tree is what it was hewn out of. So it had blossoms and buds from an almond tree. God chose the Levites. So that was one of the contents, and it was a miracle from God. And then the third thing that was contained in the ark of the Lord was the tables of the law, the, the tables of, of stone that, that God had written his law upon, or the commandments. When the children of Israel were delivered out of Egypt, they crossed, they crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground. And then after they crossed and the fire left, the soldiers, the Pharaoh's army came in after them. And And the Red Sea closed down upon them. Their past was buried in the sea. Their past was buried in the water. Folks, when you go down in water, in the name of Jesus Christ, your past is buried. The new man rises to walk in newness of life. After they crossed through the Red Sea and walked on on that dry ground, they get out into the wilderness. And Moses there, they get to the Mount of God. He goes up into that mountain. He's there for 40 days. And then he comes down with the tables of uh, tablets of stone uh, where God had written. And some of you in your mind, you can probably see Charlton Heston, that old-time movie where he's coming down. And he's got them in each hand, one in each hand. And he's kind of walking slow, kind of, you know, kind of making it a reverent type thing. Thing. Picture that in your mind if you've seen the movie. And how many have seen the movie? You're looking, okay, a few of you, a few of you. And, you know, they're walking down, and, 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 and you know, he's turned, his face is shining because he's been in the presence of God. His, his hair is white, and, and, you know, he's coming down all, all reverence and slow and, you know, kind of, you know, doing the spiritual thing. And, 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 and that's what's inside of there. Now, that's not the way the Bible says. That's just kind of a, kind of a movie there, depiction if you want to see what really happened. Look in the Bible. Now, I know that he came down with those tablets of stone and I know that they're there because they put them in the ark of the Lord. So all these things were inside of it but the only thing, listen to me now, the only thing that was inside of it after it came back to Israel, anybody know? The only thing that was left inside of that was the law. That was the only thing. There was no jar. There was no golden pot of manna. There was no Aaron's rod that budded. Why? Why was the law the only thing? Now listen to me. Some people don't understand the supernatural. Some folks don't understand the workings and the movings of God and can only accept what they understand. 
They can only accept what might be natural. So many denominations, so many churches explain away the supernatural of God. They say, well, that was for then and this is for now. But that's not now. Listen, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. We've got to have the spirit of God alive and working in our midst, in our home, in our church, everywhere we go. We've got to have God's spirit. Not just a symbol of it, but it working, empowering, moving, and changing things. So the application for us, and then I'll be done. We'll come and gather around the front. We'll ask God to help us. So the man has stood for God's provision. God will provide every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus our Lord. He will provide every one of your needs. He'll do it. You put him first, he's got you. If you put him first, he's got your needs. If you don't put him first, you're on your own. Some folks tie God's hands. They tie God's hands by not putting him first. And then you have to do it by yourself. I can't do it by myself, guys. I need God. I need the Lord. He'll supply. There's a story in the Gospels how that Jesus was teaching in the house. And the press, the, there, there were so many folks there that, that nobody could get in. They were just in there come to hear and to listen to to Jesus and see what he might do and there was four friends that 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 that, that had another friend that was crippled and and they said we got to get him to Jesus we got to get him to to the Lord and and they get uh, they get him and they they kind of carry him and they try to get him in but there's no way that they can get him in because there's so many people so they climb up on the roof and, and when they climb up on the roof they begin to tear open a spot in the roof and, and you can just imagine because Jesus knows the end from the beginning he knew that they were on their way he knew that they were coming he knew he, he wasn't surprised by what was transpired he wasn't surprised when he heard heard something on the top of them. He wasn't surprised when daylight began to shine, shine into where they were. He wasn't surprised when stuff started falling through the ceiling. Everybody there might have been. They might have been thinking, what is going on? But he knew. So I'm sure he, he had kind of set up his deal to where now he's right where, because he knows right where that guy is going to be let down. And, and they tear off that roof and they let down their friend who's crippled right down to Jesus. And while everybody is looking and everybody just waiting to see what Jesus is going to do, remember, he'll supply every need, every need, whatever you need. And he looks at this crippled. And you know what he says to him? He says, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Not rise, take up your bed and walk. He says, your sins be forgiven thee. You may have come in this house this morning and you've got issues a mile long. And you've got, you've got a grocery list of things that you think that you need from God. The number one need in your life is to be right with God. 
The number one thing that you need is to be in right standing with the Lord. If you've never repented of your sins, that's your first thing. Believe that God came for you. Believe that God died for you. Believe that his blood was shed for you. And then you, and on believing that, you repent of your sins. What is that? It's just an inward change of mind and an outward change of direction. You change the way you think, which changes the things that you do. You ask God to forgive you. He forgives you of all your sins and then if you've never been baptized in water in the saving name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins that's your next step that's the next thing that you need in your life you can get that done next Sunday. We'll be ready for you next Sunday to do that and to take that step. And you bury the old man. You rise to walk in newness of life. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, other languages as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance, that's what you want. That's what you need in your life. Peter writing said it's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's so good I can't even put it into words. You want that in your life. Most important thing is being right with God. Be right with God. And then after you've done all that, he'll he'll provide every one of your needs. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second thing, in miraculous of God, we need God to do what only he can do. We need God to do what only he can do. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Old Testament story here. He says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hand. What verb tense is used there? Anybody? I have delivered. Past tense. Past tense. It's not future tense. God spoke and he said, I've already done it. Were there still walls? Were they still outside? Yes. But God said, I've already done it. The battle was won before the battle ever began. That's the miraculous of God. And all they had to do was obey. All they had to do was walk around the walls. All they had to do was invoke the prescription that God gave them through his spoken word. The walls were coming down. They looked like an obstacle, but God had already had it covered. They were going to get the victory because God had already promised it. True faith celebrates before the miracle happens as if the miracle has already happened because, you know, faith sees it as already being accomplished, as already taken place. You know that God will deliver on his promise. You know that he that has promised is also faithful. He's faithful and will perform it. Prayer is asking God for something future tense. But if you praise him for it now, if you thank him for it now, before he does it, that's believing that it's already done. Past tense, even before it's manifest into reality. 
what you see in the natural may not have caught up yet with what you're seeing and what you're believing in the spiritual. If it's promised, it's already given. It just hasn't manifested itself yet. Just hold on and believe by faith. That is the miraculous of God. Now listen, you can't twist God's arm into doing something. He cannot be bribed. He cannot be blackmailed. He doesn't do miracles to satisfy our selfishness. He does miracles to show his glory. Somebody say hallelujah. Remember the lad's lunch that Jesus fed the 5,000 men, not counting women and children. You know what Jesus did right before the miracle, right before he distributed it to his disciples and his disciples uh, distributed it to the people. Jesus gave thanks. He gave thanks. Uh, He didn't wait until after the miracle. He thanked God for the miracle before it ever took place. He praised as if it was finished, as if it was past tense, because it was going to happen. It was going to happen. Let's respond today like that. Maybe you're here and you're struggling to believe. Why don't you come today and pray and ask God to help you? But if you believe, why don't you respond like the answer has already happened, like it's already manifested itself to the visible? because it will by faith it will it shall God has already given you the victory and then the third thing the third thing that was in that ark was the law that's God's word God's word thy word is a lamp unto my feet it is a light unto my path thy word O Lord have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee we need to follow his word it gives us guidance it gives us guidance on yes and no we need to read it we need to know it We need to hide it in our heart. We need to believe it, but also know that he will write his law. Listen to me. He will write his law on the fleshly tablets of your heart. It's not just yeses and noes that are written on paper, but he'll write those laws on your heart. He, when the spirit of truth is come, when someone receives the Holy Spirit, He'll lead you and guide you into all truth. You got something on the inside. You're now spirit led. He that is led by the spirit. They that are led by the spirit. They be the sons of God. Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. The ark stood was was a symbol of their very presence of God. And today we, we need his spirit. We have it available. We have it accessible to us. He poured it out in Acts chapter 2 some 40 days after he ascended into heaven. There was 500 there watching when he, he ascended up into heaven. There was about 120 that were still gathered in that upper room when the day of Pentecost was full to come. They were all in one place and one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. It appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all, all filled with the Holy Ghost.
began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the ability to speak, the utterance. They were gathered and God came. He received His Spirit. Folks, we can't be without the Spirit of God. We need Him. We need Him leading us and guiding us. We need to be filled with His power. Listen, folks, church is important. Church is important in your kid's life. It's important in your kid's life. Don't allow your kids to dictate whether or not they're coming to church. When they're still of of the age of your control, they should be sitting listening. They should be there. Church is good for them. They're not old enough to make up their mind whether they need it or not. You are their parent. You know what they need, not the kid. They'll be old enough when when they get out of the house to make their own decisions. And hopefully, you put in them while they were young. This is important. This is important. Get yourself in the presence of God. I see it all the time. I see see families that, that weren't faithful to church. And they weren't faithful bringing their kids to to the house of God. And and then when they get older, guess what's in their mind? It's just something we can go to or we don't have to go to. It's just a little extra thing there. It's not just a little extra thing there. This is important. Gathering together is important. Seeing your kid lift up holy hands. Let the Spirit of God flow over their hearts and their lives. It's important. You say, well, they don't look like they're engaged. They don't look like they're into it. Who knows? Who knows who's into it and who's not into it? I told a story many times when, when I came to the Lord. And I, I came, and, and at that time, it was revival time. God was pouring out of spirit. He was adding to the church. Young people were coming in. College people were coming in. I was a college student. God was moving and ministering in a great way. And that's what he's going to do right now. But here I am with others. And others are maybe farther advanced. Maybe they're not as reserved personality as I was. Maybe not as skeptical as I was. And maybe more open, more free. And just boom. Got the Holy Ghost like that. But me, I'm more staunch. You know, don't ever ever write somebody off because you don't think they're hearing. You don't think that they're open or you don't think that, you know, God's got something for them. You don't have a clue. We don't have a clue. No, nothing negative on, on, on where I came into the church, but, but when I came in, the others were more receptive. My friend was more receptive. Boom, Holy Ghost, boom, you know, lay them out on the ground and trembling, shaking, crying, move, you know, talking in tongues, everything. Me, I'm just checking it out. So when I got baptized, and I've, t- I've said this, you know, they didn't even know my name. Person in before me, oh, everybody's jumping up down. And they come up out of the water, talking in tongues, splashing water around, people rejoicing, people dancing, all that kind of stuff. Then I go down in that cold water, and man, all I can think about is this is cold. And I'm in, I'm in the water. You know, I'm not got my hands. I'm not lifting up my hands. I'm, not, I'm certainly not talking in tongues. I haven't done that yet. 
And I get down in the water, and I'm, this is all new to me. I'm not, he said, what was your name again? He didn't even know my name. And I don't know everybody's name when they get baptized either, but we'd been coming a little bit. You know my last name? You know my first name? I told him my name. Okay. Fetch your faith, obedience to the Lord. Now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mission of sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Come up out of the water. Whew, I'm still cold. Anybody with me? But they couldn't see the heart. You don't know your own heart, but God does. People stumble in here after a week's work or a week's, you don't know what they've been going through. Kid comes in and they look like they're so disconnected and not paying attention to anything. You don't know what they're in. When God moves upon somebody's life, you don't have a clue unless God reveals what he's doing. So as a parent, as somebody reaching out to somebody, keep getting them to the house of God. So we're getting them into the presence of God. Things are going to fall down. Things are going to come off in God's presence. His power is what's working. At manna, it did the same thing for the 85-year-old woman that it did for the 7-year-old boy. They needed different levels of nutrients, but they ate the same thing, and both of them were fine. God's presence and power can move on every life, however he sees fit, and whatever that life needs. Could you lift your hands all across this place right now? We need the presence of God. Everybody needs God's presence to sweep over them afresh. We can't organize that. We can't manipulate that. We can't intimidate it. We can't imitate it. We want people to move only an outpouring of God's Spirit will move people. Church should be alive. Church should be a place where God's pouring out His Spirit. Not where people are just watching or spectating, but people are getting involved and getting into the presence of our great God it'll give you what your life needs so today don't just pray Lord change them not just Lord change them but we need to humbly ask Lord change me draw a circle step into that circle God send revival pour out your spirit and start right Start with me. Touch my life. Change my life. I pray that you'd refresh. Lord, that you would refresh every single person in this house with your spirit this morning. Lead your people to still waters. Lead your people to green pastures. Restore our souls as we live by your principles. As we live by your word. We need your presence. We need your power. Fill us all over again could we stand on our feet all across this house could 
we move from where we are and gather up around this front area that we call altar area. And could you ask God all over again, Lord, start right here. Lord, start right here. It's revival time. It's revival time. God, start with me. Start with me. Pour out your spirit in my life. I need you, God. I need you, God. I need you, God. Revival in my home. Outpouring of your spirit in my home, God. Touch my family. Touch my children. Touch Molly and I, God. Fresh anointing. Fresh fire. Fresh zeal. Fresh vigor, Lord. We need a move of your spirit. We need a move of your spirit, oh God. We got to have you. We got to have you. We can't make it without you, God. We need a move of yours. Your provision, the miraculous of God, your word, your spirit. God, we need it in our lives. We need it in our lives, God. We need it in our lives. That's it, that's it, that's it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. We need it. We need it, God. We need it, God.
Sister Nancy, come here. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands all across this house? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray for us. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, Father, we come before you right now, God. We lift our holy hands to you, God. Open and surrender and submit it to you right now, Father. Father, we lay everything that we have before you, God. We say you come on in and have your way, God. It's not our will, but your will, Father. It's your will, Holy Spirit, to do something new inside of us, oh God. Father, we declare now, God, that we are yours and yours alone, Father. Father, we are not chained to our past or yesterday, God. We are connected to you, God, by your yoke, oh Father. So, Father, go ahead and have your way, God. Let us not leave the same, oh God. Lord, everything that we're hiding, God, it's exposed to you, oh God. We want you to tear that thing away from us right now, oh God. The enemy has tricked us, oh God, to believe if we keep hiding it, that we can live with it, but the devil is alive. We declare now that that thing is broken free right now, but who the Son has set free is free indeed, oh God. We declare that we're free right now, Heavenly Father. We're free, oh God, free, oh God, that our tomorrow is changed, our next hour is changed, our next week is changed, Father. We thank you for what you're blessing us with, Father. We thank you for what you're blessing this ministry with, Father. We declare that we're revived, restored, and renewed, God. We need a move. So, Father, we thank you now. We ask that you would touch every head in this place, oh God. Touch every mind, every hand in this place, yes. oh God. Let us know that we're changed yes. according to your will and your way, Father. So, Father, do a new thing. Have your way, God. Have your way. And change every step, God. Your word said that our Yes, Lord. So order it now, God. So do your thing, oh God. Yes. So bless us and keep us. It's Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' Amen. name. Jesus' name. We need a move. We need a move. We need a move. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Hallelujah. 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 We need a move. We need a move. We need a move. Pray for us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, in your precious holy name. Oh, I pray covering, oh Lord. Hide us in your pavilion, in the shadow of your Show your glory to your people. We bless you today, Jesus. We worship you in spirit and in truth. <laughs> Thank you for our pastor, Lord. I bless him in the name of Jesus. We need a move. We need a move. We need a move. 
no 9 a.m. Next week, no 9 a.m., only at 11, 11 a.m. Lord, we thank you right now. Don't you know the Holy Ghost is ministering in this room? Why don't you lift your hands one more time toward heaven before we leave this building, God? Write them on the tables of our hearts.